Good morning on Shrove Tuesday. We're going to start a couple minutes early today just because I feel like it. <laughs> if you've been reading the live chat, you'd probably understand why. So let's jump right into our story. The Francis had his big meeting with uh, a quote-unquote bishop from the Anglican Church a couple of weeks ago now, and that caused a big debate and storm online. And it turned out that she was there with a couple of women religious who were giving a lecture essentially to Francis's Council of Cardinals, his C9 council. The Council of Cardinals is meant to advise him on all things church reform. Um, the number of cardinals on this council has shifted around over the years. At one time, Cardinal Pell was on the Council of Nine. So it's a, not a terrible idea in general, although one has to wonder why a uh, Pope needs that many advisors, but if it's a representative of various viewpoints in the church and you're trying to be all inclusive and dialogue -y and such, as Francis likes to himself portray himself as, having a council of cardinals isn't a terrible idea. But he they had a meeting and an Anglican bishop, a lady bishop, was there along with women religious to lecture them on how, how to make women feel more welcome and included in the church. So we're going to go here to this story here from, oh, where did I leave that at? It's from Kath, it's from Catholish.de, and it uh, gives us this headline. This is the English language version of the website, which doesn't always work for me, but did today. Theologian, Pope is a great advocate of the diaconate for women. The Pope and his advisory body are trying to understand how the diaconate of women could be implemented, says theologian Linda Poker. The meeting of the Council of Cardinals, experiences from the Anglican Church were heard. Now, anybody paying attention, doesn't have to be a Catholic paying attention, but anybody paying attention will tell you that the Anglican Church is probably the last example you want of how to run your church and grow your vocations and all the rest of it. They're like the last people you want to ask. But this lady bishop was is a lady bishop for the Anglican Communion. Uh, this Linda person is actually a woman religious in the Catholic Church. And they were telling the, the cardinals how to, or giving them some insight on how we could have ladies diaconate, deaconesses in the church. And I'm going to remind you that the deaconess, the modern deaconess is best understood from the historic example of the nun. That is what they became over time. The deaconettes were never... The deaconettes that they're advocating for are ordained, whereas historic deaconesses were not ordained. There's plenty of material out there, uh, quotes from historians and church fathers and things, describing how those were lay vocations. They were laity who were doing that. And they were there to help bishops and presbyters do things that might be a little awkward for a man to help a woman do like with baptism in the days when it was full body baptism, as well as helping them with sort of just domestic issues that might be a little awkward for a priest to be involved in. That evolved eventually to the role of the nun today. So let's go to this article. We can see the, uh, get all the details here for you. Italian theologian and religious Linda Poker has confirmed that Pope Francis is in favor of the diaconate of women. As reported by the Spanish portal Religion Digital Friday, the Pope is, quote, very much in favor of the diaconate for women, according to the Don Bosco sister, who teaches Christology and Mariology in Rome. 
The Vatican is currently trying to understand how the diaconate of women can be put into practice. At the request of Pope Francis, the Italian theologian organized a discussion on the role of women at the most recent meeting of the Council of Cardinals from the 5th to the 7th of February. One of the participants was the Anglican Bishop Joe Bailey Wells, who was invited to present the Anglican Church's experiences with the ordination of women. Among other things, the meeting focused on, quote, possible ministries for women in the Catholic Church, but also on, quote, possibilities that are already possible in the Church. The bishop described to the cardinals and the pope how the Church of England came to the decision to allow the ordination of women and how the life of the Church has changed as a result. Hoker, who had already attended the previous meeting of the Council of Cardinals in December, explained that the head of the church wanted to rethink and reorganize the relationship between the sacramental priesthood and the priesthood of all the faithful by extending some rights that until recently were reserved to bishops, priests, and religious to all the baptized. Let's pause there. The German Synodal Way, you may remember this, train wreck and it looked like it ended well now they've got new sessions coming up too they were advocating for just this they wanted lay ministers to be able to read the gospel and give homilies at mass this would include men and women they wanted the laity to govern parishes and dioceses that bishops had to be approved by the laity before they could be consecrated a bishop they wanted lay hiring committees for priests, the whole nine yards. This is the stuff that they're hinting at here. When they say by extending some rights that until recently were reserved to bishops, priests, and religious to all the baptized. This is what they're talking about here. More decentralization and more uplifting of the laity at the expense of the actual ordained priesthood. Now, some people may not object to that. I mean, a Anybody who's suffered through some really terrible, non-challenging homilies may not object, but I guarantee you all the things we're used to dealing with in the church today will get worse if this happens. Aside from the fact that this whole concept of ordaining people who the church has never allowed to be ordained before is heresy. But, you know, I mean, that's that goes without saying at this point. Let's continue with this. So actually, one last bit here. The Council of Cardinals, also known as the K-9, is an advisory body to Pope Francis. It consists of a group of nine cardinals who represent the church on different continents. Francis established the council six months after taking office in 2013. Cardinal Reinhard Marx from Munich was a member of the Council of Cardinals for 10 years. Give you an idea. All right, so this has been a sort of shifting around kind of body. Let's check the chat here before we move on to the sort of the next part, because we have an, we have an interesting bit of uh, damage control on this that happened in the aftermath of this. A lot of people in the live chat are not surprised about this at all. Um, David Wilson says this hasn't gone over well with the Anglicans. To give you a brief history of this, the Anglican Church approved of uh, the uh, ladies' ordination back in uh, 1995. And Joe Bailey Wells was one of the first made a priest. And I think it was she was made a deacon in 95 or 96. And the next year made a priest. And then in the just a few years ago was made a bishop. She's been sort of an advocate and an activist on this issue. This is why they had her over. They wanted her testimony because they're definitely leaning in one way. So let's go to the uh, the bit of here that we could call damage control here. Um, where did that go? When if I click if I hit the wrong tab, I have like ninety tabs open right now. I it doesn't show up in my queue. So here we go. But this is from Zenit. 
Oh, it's a new site. I don't usually check, but this one is interesting. So women deaconesses, when two women put Pope in communication problems. Before Morris Letizia, you saw like good Catholic, good traditional Catholics trying to play this game, right? We're trying to Pope explain, try to show you that what he said and what was reported that he said was actually fine here. So get ready for this. This is like hopping into the Wayback Machine, going back to the Morris Letizia days, except it happened just a couple days ago. This article was published on Saturday. Okay. It had now happened in the past when only the Pope and his Council of Cardinals met that details about topics addressed were ventilated in a public way. Two individuals have done disservice not only to the great multitude of discreet women that are outside and inside the church, but also to the pontiff himself. The official communication of the Holy See Press Office regarding the content of the meetings in early February of this year between Pope Francis and his Council of Cardinals, the so-called C9, stated that one of the three topics addressed was the role of women in the church. What they said, which has spread more widely, is what the non-official communication transmitted. In reality, it should be called indiscretion, that women's diaconal ordination can be taken for granted in the Catholic Church. The indiscretion came from two women who were present at the Pope's council as experts. On one hand, a Catholic woman theologian, and on the other, an Anglican woman, quote-unquote, bishop. In an interview announced on the cover of the Spanish magazine Vida Nueva, the Anglican, quote-unquote, bishop, Joe Bailey Wells, admitted that the invitation left her totally surprised. She also gave more details about the topic she was asked to address. I was asked to talk about the experience of the ordination of women in the Church of England and in the Anglican Communion. This included some antecedents, the process of decision-making and the impact it had for our church. But I also talked somewhat more generally about what we had learned through the process in terms of how to surf the change and address the differences. Mrs. Wells commented that those present spent more time listening than speaking, although later she acknowledged that more than a request for advice, it was rather a seminar in which we sat together to listen. As colleague, as ministry companion in Christ's gospel, to share the recent history of women in our church. And she added, I know that on part of Pope Francis, there is a willingness to explore, to assume some risks, to exercise the imagination in regard to the possibilities of change. Wells had already made some statements to the Anglican News Service saying virtually the same, but with fewer words. So what you have here is the case of the Vatican reaping logically what they've sown by inviting non-Catholic religious leaders to advise the Vatican on how to be Catholic better. This is what is the logical consequence of that just of that hubris. It's ridiculous. All right. Um, a lot of you ask, how about listening to traditionalists? Yeah, that, that's not going to happen. They tried that. They tried that. They didn't like us much. They like what we had to say. Mrs. Wells commented that those present spent more time listening than speaking. Um, as it asked if she thinks Anglicans are going farther than other Christian denominations on the issue at hand, Mrs. Wells says that it seems we are going ahead of the Catholic Church in regard to helping women to take the advantage of the gifts granted to them in the whole gamut of possibilities at the service of God. Another woman who fell into indiscretions was theologian Linda Poger. Note this word here, indiscretions. She fell into indiscretions. This is what we call giving the benefit of the doubt, and I don't think this is warranted here. I'll show you why in a moment. In an interview with Europa Press, she ventured to say that, quote, the Pope is very much in favor of the feminine diaconate, although she asserted that, quote, there is no reflection on the presbyteral ordination of women in the Catholic Church, meaning that they're looking at a some non-sacramental option. But what we have seen with Fiducia supplicants, it has been much in the same way that that was a non-liturgical blessing. It has been performed in ways that are liturgical in nature. They just have been. And this is going to be the same thing here. 
It will not be a sacramental ordination, but it will look in every way like a sacramental ordination. Okay, so just be ready for that. If this happens, it's going to be non-sacramental in nature on paper, but will look and feel like a sacramental ordination in every way. And then they'll be given much of the same duties and rights as your permanent deacons are. Poker herself recounted how an Anglican woman ended up taking part in the Pope's meeting with his council. The Pope asked me to organize this meeting of reflection on the realm of women in the church, and it seemed interesting to me to confront this experience of the Anglican church in this regard. She also said that she asked Mrs. Wells to tell what type of process they followed to come to the decision to ordain women and how this has changed life in her church. So what she really did was recount her experience about we later conversed together with the cardinals and the Pope. Half of the women priests in the Anglican church do not believe in the resurrection of Christ, according to this article. Now, I wish they gave us a data source for that. It was like a Pew Research poll or something, but half of them do not believe in the resurrection of Christ. That is one of the effects it's had on the Anglican church. Now, before we point fingers at the Anglicans for that heresy, it's worth reminding that seven in 10 Catholics at the so-called ordinary form of the mass every Sunday who attend mass most Sundays do not believe in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. So, Let's, we're already fertile ground for not believing in the resurrection. Anyway, the, the Catholic theologian ventured to position the Pope publicly on this matter. When he's never done so at any moment by saying there was also talk of the diaconate. We already know that the Pope is very much in favor of a female diaconate, but it's still something that they're trying to understand how to put in practice. So, and then the thing goes on to explain that, you know, this has all been released at the fault of the two women that we're talking about here, the Anglican lady bishop and the woman religious theologian. I would caution people to take that, uh, taking that at face value. The Vatican doesn't usually let information out that it doesn't want out. I say usually because there has been no rush to correct this in the days afterwards. One of the things I was waiting on before making this live stream, there was no rush from the Vatican to correct the record. Compare that to the some of the news, the alleged news about how they're going to tinker with the conclave. This coming in the uh, when it comes time to elect a new Roman pontiff, or how they're planning to do a few other things. Usually, the Vatican scrambles to correct the record, at least to either paper over the controversy it's caused itself, or at the very least to reassure people that this is not happening. If it's in case, if, if it's just misinformation, here that didn't happen. You had. A, essentially a lay news outlet doing it for you in the form of Zenit. And so if you want to know what the effect of this has been, we can go to something that was shared recently by uh, Tradition in Action. And so let's zoom in a little bit on this one. Here you have the Secretary of Seminaries. It's called, this is what this article is called. And you've got Bishop Wong who there's been this change to the seminaries that was implemented in 2016 and it already took a really bad situation with vocations and made it way worse. They instituted a bunch of different changes that the, uh, this article goes into here. So let's go here. Let's quote the ratio fundamentalist institutiona sacerdalis finds its origin in the first article of the conciliar decree optatum totius. It establishes general norms that will be subsequently applied to different cultural contexts to the reality of each country so already you've had in the spirit of synodality i guess uh back in 2016 you had changes to 
how seminaries and seminary formation is based on cultural context. To some degree, you might think that's fine, but this goes beyond that. See, the focus is on the dialogue between the universal view of the Holy See and the specific perspective of the Conference of Bishops. The raison d'etre of this dialogue lies in the conciliar determination that envisages priestly formation with pastoral objective. It is not intended to standardize training, but to set forth those fundamental principles, the implementation of which could be determined by respective Episcopal conferences. So training becomes relative to the country. Again, in some case, for some things, I'm sure that's fine, but that's not what happens here. So, thus, Rome had deliberately jettisoned its central control over the curricula and disciplined use in seminaries with consequent chaos in doctrinal, liturgical, and moral areas, which has already taken place on a global scale after the council. Priestly formation is now determined by whatever ideas progressivist bishops around the world have managed to impose via national Episcopal conferences, which can vary from country to country, hardly a recipe for orthodoxy and unity. Bishop Wong is evidently keen to keep this dystopian situation in operation, judging by his congregation's criteria for the exclusion of candidates who do not fit in. So here are the exclu- here are the criteria for not excluding candidates or for excluding candidates from seminaries, according to this Vatican official. Admission to seminary, however, must be denied to certain anomalous kinds. Those with a big head but a small body, meaning intellectualism. Translation, Francis's doctors of the law, their Pharisees, scholastic theologians. Those with a strong spirit but a fragile mind and body, spiritualism, meaning devoted to the rosary, the traditional mass, and traditional forms of piety, asceticism, etc. Those who have who boast of having great pastoral interests but, but possess little motivation, meaning pastoralism, meaning who see priests as having a separate identity from the laity, which is the traditional Catholic view of things, and do not, in Francis's words, smell the sheep. And finally, those with a strong body but who have a small mind and spirit superficiality, meaning having a too narrow, outdated theological outlook attached to rules and rubrics, not open to ecumenism, religious liberty, and synodality, as promoted by Pope Francis and Vatican II. This is this women's ordination issue, this ladies' diaconate is going to be more of the same. It's going to be more of this error that we're used to seeing now coming from modernist Rome. There is no way to get around that. It is further deconstruction of religious orders and the blurring of the lines between the laity and religious orders. All right, folks. I am feeling pretty, uh, was not feeling great to begin with with this and it's uh, spiraling. So we're going to wrap this up in a moment here. Um, so let's just checking the chat here. If there's anything in here that um, any questions or idea or observations here, let me know in the chat at this time. Laura says they are blind and deaf to the truth of the real presence of the Eucharist and deaf to the words of truth that Satan is twisting, which is why there's so much confusion. That's absolutely true. There is no way that that is not true. Ordinations that look like they're blessings. Yeah, I mean, these will be satanic ordinations at this point. I mean, that's what they will. Deconstruction is the right word. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're deconstructing the faith and rebuilding something new in its place and calling it Catholic. Uh, Biddy, I actually have several videos by, uh, Marie Julie Jehenny. Um, I will, uh, wrap this up with this, uh, announcement for Lent. A couple things here. If for channel members and patrons who just tuned in, I will be sending this week's, uh, patron access stuff tonight instead of tomorrow. I'll be doing that probably in the afternoon, actually, so that you can get your, for those of you who are 
going to be tuning out of things for Lent. Uh, you still can check out some of the things that I've made for this week before your before your stepping away from things starts. The other thing is a uh, recommendation is um, I will be going through some spiritual works on the weekends for Lent on this channel. If you are wanting to stay away from social media but still want to check those out, uh, I would suggest going to some of the audio only options for this. It'll be easier for you to avoid all the stuff that you might be wanting to avoid during Lent. Um, anyway, folks, again, today is Shrove Tuesday. So I hope you all take advantage of the day and do some of the traditional observances for Shrove Tuesday and uh, have a good Ash Wednesday. I will be live streaming and doing the news daily throughout Lent. So, um, All right, folks. Gregory says, women deacons are only a rung on the ladder. Before we can say anything, they will be on the to the next thing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Most people at this point have noticed that they are doing things much more rapidly than they had before Benedict's passing. Because as I, well, I, I'm not a believer that he was the catacon per se, like the you know, prophesized catacon. He was a catacon of sorts because clearly with, with his passing, they've just ramped up everything they're doing. All right, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in today. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.